0: Wow! Thank you. Jesus, Jesus. All right. All right, guys. How's it going? Woo! Oh, was this me? Okay. Oh, she threw it. Okay, whatever. All right, guys. Well, hello. I'm Claire. If you didn't hear that chanting. Um, I'm very excited to be here today. It's a good day for me. I finished my last class in my master's course. Woo! That's like 10 years of schooling right there, all right? It goes on forever. I'll probably end up going back. Anyway, well, I'm very excited because today, after many long Sundays and many long Wednesdays, we have finally come to the end of the book of Acts. We did it, guys. We spent a whole year in Acts and we finally made it. Um, so I'm really excited because we've spent this whole year on this epic journey with Paul and some of his friends. And we've learned about his conversion and how he went on this epic missionary journey and he planted all these churches and all this great stuff. And it's a really good story. And I love a good story. I listen to a lot of podcasts right now. I like a lot of like murder mystery ones. Not the same as the Bible, but I do like those. Um, I like books, and I love TV. I do love TV, Um, but it's because I love a good story. But what makes a story good is the ending, right? If the ending isn't good, though, then it's just like, what did I just spend all those hours watching TV doing? Why did I read that whole book series? That was such a dumb ending. So the ending makes the story. Um, controversial opinions here. I'm gonna share them. Bad endings. The Village, bad ending. Signs, bad ending. Particularly M. Night Shyamalan movie, they're all bad endings, sorry, I'm just gonna tell you. They're all bad. Um, How I Met Your Mother ended poorly, really bad. Lost, even though I love that show, it pains my heart to say this, but Lost ended really badly. Um, the Hunger Games books. Yeah, really bad. And the Divergent series was really bad. Super bad. It was so bad that I got halfway through the last book and didn't finish it. It was so bad that they made the last movie and didn't release it to theaters. They just put it on the TV because they were like, let's just get this over with. Because it was so bad. So the ending can make... That's all right. I'll fight you guys later. The ending can really make a story good. And ruin it, right? So, how does this end? How does this story end? We've made it through Acts. We've spent a year reading this story, and are we going to be disappointed by the end? We're going to find out. All right, so before we end, though, I'm going to give us a little reminder course of what happened in the beginning and what happened in the middle, really quick, I promise. Um, So, we have this story written by this guy named Luke, who is like a doctor. And he writes stories, history books, basically. And he mostly writes the story about Paul, who used to be Saul, and the church. So Paul is this guy who's walking on the street one day, saw a bright light, got confused, went blind. It was Jesus. He has this amazing conversion. Um, he goes from killing Christians to being a Christian and then going to cities and planting churches in the name of Jesus Christ. And kind of his MO is he goes into a city... He goes to the Jews, he tells the Jews in the synagogue all about Jesus Christ. The Jews don't take it very well, and they either try and kill him, or run him out of town, or try and put him in prison, or something like that. And he ends up leaving town and going someplace else, or he comes back. He always ends up with the Gentiles, and he always ends up telling the Gentiles this message of Jesus Christ. So more recently, we've been on Paul's most recent kind of fiasco, if you could say. Uh, He was in Jerusalem telling people about Jesus, and there's this riot, and he doesn't really do anything wrong, but in the process of this riot, he gets arrested. So he's waiting two years in this jail for his kind of day in court. He's waiting and waiting, and finally he gets to go before the king, this Jewish king, and he tells the king his story, and the king says, sorry, dude, I really help you. You're Roman. You've already asked to speak to Caesar. You didn't actually do anything wrong, but I have to send you to Rome to talk to Caesar because you asked and you're a Roman citizen and I'll get in trouble if I don't send you. So Paul's like, great, okay, whatever. So he goes, gets on this boat and he heads on over to Rome. And in the process, he gets shipwrecked. He lands on this island, spends a couple months there. Eventually and finally, he makes it to Rome. He He made it to Rome! Yay! Where he's then put on house arrest, and he spends a couple days in house arrest, and that's where we are right now. So, before we kind of get plugged into this story, I am going to ask someone to look up a verse for me, and later on, I'm going to ask you to read that verse out loud so for everyone to hear. So, who wants to read for me? How about her right in the front row? So, can you look that up? And I want you to just have your finger on it, be ready, so whenever I point at you, you're ready to go, all right? And be at the moment. No, just kidding. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll give you like a lead and stuff. All right. So after that, beginning, middle, we're at the end. After all that, we're finally at our passage, which is Acts 28:17 to the end of the book. We made it. I'm going to read the first couple of verses to you guys, starting in verse 17. And mine probably looks a little different than what's on the screen eventually, or sound different. Sorry. After three days, Paul called together those who were the leading men of the Jews. And when they came together, he began saying to them, Brethren, though I had done nothing against your people, or our people, or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. And when they had examined me, they were willing to release me, because there was no ground for putting me to death. But when the Jews objected, I was forced to appeal to Caesar, not that I had any actions against my nation. So Paul is given these, he's finally taken to Rome. He is on house arrest, finally comes out of house arrest in order to speak to these Jewish Roman officials. So these are the big guys. He finally made it. So he's telling them his story. He's saying like, I was in Jerusalem. I got in trouble for no reason. I had to go king and... They found that I actually didn't do anything wrong, but because the Jews in Jerusalem were show up with me, and uh, Festus kind of had backbone, and neither did King Agrippa, they decided to just send me here um, to kind of just get get me off their back because I'm kind of uh, causing a lot of I'm causing a big scene. So that's kind of Paul's deal, okay? So he's just let them know his backstory, and they have no idea what his backstory is because they're they're in Rome which is pretty far away. They have no idea what's going on. So it's been two years since this whole fiasco started, remember? So there's been a lot going on. Paul has probably had to kind of tell this story a few times at this point. So as we go on to verse 20, I kind of want us to stop, pause here, spend a little time on verse 20, because I think this verse is kind of monumental in really explaining the whole story of Acts in one verse and potentially the rest of our story. So verse 20 says, And therefore I requested to see you and to speak with you, for I am wearing this chain for the sake of the hope of Israel. So what does that have to do with anything? Let me tell you. So Paul is speaking pretty literally here. He literally is in chains. He literally has chains on his hands and on his feet. He's saying, I'm in prison because I was telling people about Jesus and I was put in prison for that, and now I have to wear these chains because I was telling people about the Messiah, about the hope of Israel. But I think Paul is actually speaking kind of metaphorically as well. I think these chains that he's talking about really encompass his entire life's work because the whole story of Acts is about Paul going from city to sea and being put in chains or metaphorical chains. I think these hardships, this pain that Paul goes through, is a pretty big deal, because Paul's been in prison, multiple times. He's been beaten, he's been stoned, and he's been run out of multiple cities by mobs of people cheating that they want to see him die. Oh, Paul, I feel bad for him. All right, Torah, can you read me that verse? Torah. Torah, sorry. <gasps> <gasps> Awesome. Great job. All right. So earlier in Acts, and I told my small group to keep this verse in mind throughout the rest of Acts because it's a big deal. This is at the beginning, Acts 23. This is the beginning of Paul's kind of imprisonment in Jerusalem after he just got in trouble for, quote-unquote, causing a riot. So during this whole being in prison and wondering what's going on, the Lord comes to Paul and he says, you told people about, you told people in Jerusalem about me, and so now I'm going to send you to Rome, and you're going to do that as well. So who sent Paul to Rome? God, God who said that? Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God sent Paul to Rome. And the book, the book of Acts doesn't really give us, it doesn't tell eventually what happens to Paul. Um, but there's this guy named Eusebius. Everyone say Eusebius. Yeah. Good job. you're like scholars. What? <laughs> so Eusebius was like a historican, uh, historian historian historian. He was like a textbook writer, but a long time ago in like the second century. So this guy named Eusebius actually wrote about what happened to Paul later on. And it's not—we're re- not really sure what happened to him, but this is probably our best bet. So what happens is eventually Paul is let—he's released from prison, but only for a short amount of time, only for about two years. And then two years later, this guy named Nero, who is an emperor of Rome, and whenever I think of Nero for some reason, I think of the giant cucumber from VeggieTales. I don't know why. I don't think the story—not Larry. the the warty one. Anyway. No, not Bob. Bob's a tomato. Anyway, okay, he's, whatever. Anyway, this emperor named Nero, finally, he comes to power and uh, he decides that he would like to redecorate Rome. He doesn't like the way Rome looks. He wants it to look more powerful. Um, He wants to be kind of an example to the the emperors around him that Rome is like this big cool place full of culture and but mostly like has a really big cool army so he has this great idea sarcastic to redo the city by first burning everything down right really good idea yeah I don't recommend it it's not yeah I don't recommend this so what he does is he decides he's going to set fire to the city of Rome so he does that he set fire to the city of Rome and for six days and seven nights, the city of Rome burns, and hundreds, thousands of people die in this fire. They, they are destroyed, and the city is almost completely destroyed, but throughout Rome, there are these little small pockets that were able to survive. So no matter what actually happened, we don't know if that's actually true or if it was an accident, but... What we do know for sure happened was the rumors in Rome that Nero had done this on purpose. And so Nero's like, this isn't good. People don't want an emperor that set fire to their city. So he decides that he's going to start kind of shutting this down and changing the rumors. And so he decides to just blame the Christians, the church of this time, because the pockets that survived fire happened to be filled with Christians. It kind of has this perfect little scenario that just fell in his favor. So he tells everyone in the city that the Christians started the fire. And Paul is kind of, because he's pretty famous at this point, Paul is kind of deemed the ringleader and he's put back in prison. And eventually he stays in prison for two whole years and after two whole years he's beheaded. Yeah. So that's not a great ending for Paul. And that sounds like some serious chains that Paul had bare. So the question that we can ask ourselves, and I think it's a fair question to ask, is why would God send Paul to Rome? And I think that Paul probably asked himself that question plenty of times when he sat in a Roman prison, knowing that he ought about to die. And I'm sure Paul asked that question to himself when he was constantly defending himself against accusations that were not true. So why does God send Paul to Rome, to a place where he eventually would be beheaded? And I think Paul answers that question in verse 20. Because over and over, time and time again, whenever Paul is run out of a city, whenever someone tries to kill him, whenever uh, he is almost stoned to death, he always ends up answering this why question. It's very similar similarly to verse 20 when he says, I'm wearing this chain for the sake of the hope of Israel. And that hope of Israel is Jesus Christ, because he's telling people about the gospel message. And that same hope of Israel is the same hope that you and I have, the Gentiles would have, Paul is going to go on to talk exactly about that hope for the Gentiles because he goes on in verses 21 and 22 because these Jews these Roman Jews who are listening to this story they're like we actually don't know who you are Uh, you've been in Jerusalem for two years we have no idea who you are we never got any letters saying that you were coming we never heard any like chatter on whatever they use now the horses, I don't know, (laughs) that you were like a troublemaker, that you were going to come and start a riot. We have no idea who you are. And so uh, what eventually happens is that these Jewish guys are like, actually, we don't know who you are, but we'll bring all of our Jewish friends and we'll come listen to you talk. So they bring all of their friends to Paul and Paul ends up preaching the gospel to all of these Roman Jews. And in verse 24, it says, Some were being persuaded by the things spoken, but others would not believe. So some of these people, some of these Jews, became Christians, and some of them did not. A lot of them did not. And so Paul responds to them in verses 26 through 27, and he uses their scriptures, and he tells them, You know what? In I, when Isaiah the prophet spoke to the Israelites... That same message to you, because God told the Israelites that you would hear the truth and you would see the truth, but you would not believe. It's the same thing today. I'm telling you the truth. You're hearing the truth. You're seeing the truth, but you're still not believing. And because you're not believing, I'm moving on. And he basically tells them in verse 28, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will also listen. So he's telling them, you're not listening, and I'm done, and I'm moving on to the Gentiles. That hope that was for you, that was set aside for you originally, we're moving on, we're going to the Gentiles, because they're going to listen. So then this whole epic story, this giant story, wraps up in two verses. (laughs) In verses 30 and 31, here's what it says. He said, and he stayed two full years, in his own rented quarters and was welcoming all who came in, preaching the kingdom of God and concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness unhindered. What? Like, what? That was so fast. So in two verses, we have this giant story. That's just, here you go. And it's this entire ministry to the Roman church that's literally summarized in just like one sentence. So it just feels really short and it feels super abrupt. So why do you guys think this ends so abruptly? Think about it. I'm going to tell you. The reason is because it's not really the end. Yeah. Verse 31 isn't supposed to be a short summary of what Paul did in the city of Rome. It's actually supposed to be instructions for what's to come next for you and for me. Because Paul was preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness unhindered. And that is supposed to be what you and I do. Openness unhindered is really hard to do. What do you guys think of when you think of unhindered? Does anyone have an idea? Yeah, what do you think of unhindered? Okay, anyone else? undone, okay, kind of just, I think of just like, the first thing that comes in is like a horse. I don't know why. Just like open, free, like just no reins, just kind of out there, right? It's unhindered. There's no holding back. And this is really hard. It's not easy. Look at Paul. It's not easy. He did, but it wasn't easy. Telling about Jesus can look like a lot of different things it absolutely does mean opening your mouth and telling your friends and family about what Jesus Christ did for them. It absolutely does mean that. And if you're not doing that, then you're not doing what Paul instructed us to do. You're not doing what the church is supposed to do. Okay, I want that to be super clear. If you don't open your mouth and tell people about Jesus, you're not following what Scripture tells us to do. But telling people about Jesus also might look living differently. It also might mean that when everyone around you is telling you one thing, you live differently. When your friends at school, influencers on Instagram, on Tumblr and Reddit, I don't even know what Reddit is, or Twitter are tweeting and telling you one thing, you are looking at scripture, what Christ and Jesus says, and you are doing something different. Paul said that he was willing to bear chains for the sake of Jesus Christ. We have this amazing story where because God sent him to Rome, and even though he went through all of those hardships, he was able to tell all of Rome about Jesus. But the story doesn't end with Rome, and it doesn't end with Paul. It's still going on today in Linwood, Washington at ASM. It should continue on at ASM but it's up to you and me, and we have to ask ourselves if we're willing to continue to tell that story. All right, I'm going to pray for our evening, and then we're going to split up into our small groups. Father God, we thank you for this night. We thank you for the sunshine, and that we get to hang out with one another, and fellowship, and eat hamburgers, and hot dogs, and have fun, and how amazing it is that we get that freedom to do that. Lord, as we close this book of Acts and we look at the story of your church and how your church started, and, um, we just ask, Lord, that you would help us to understand what that means for us today. And as Paul was willing to bear chains for the sake of the gospel, that when hardships come and that when these students are faced with hard questions, that they would be willing to do the same thing. They would be willing to go through hardships and pain your gospel and to tell their friends about who Jesus Christ is. And for the students here who aren't sure what they think, God, I would pray that you would open their hearts and open their minds. They would ask those hard questions and that they would seek you out with everything. Lord, we love you, but sometimes we're really bad at loving you. So we ask you to help us to love better. In Jesus' name, amen.